It's going in. What was the question? <laughs> you know, I don't remember, but that was great. Hi there, my name is Olive Carol Hawk, and I'm so excited to be working with Maria Sachiko Sassiri and Noreen Khan on the second season of In Theory. I recently met your marvelous co-hosts for a cup of coffee in upstate New York. We had loads of fun and covered topics like how Maria and Noreen first met, growing up in flyover states, and Noreen's TV addiction in college. We even got a preview of some upcoming topics from season two. So, with the second season just around the corner, we're departing from Theory for a minute to give you the chance to get to know the wonderful women behind In Theory. A quick warning, this episode contains profanity and may not be suitable for all audiences. Now onto the show. Listeners will know that Maria and Naran are excessively humble, but I think everyone should know about the brains behind In Theory and their many accomplishments. So I asked them to introduce each other for a change. Do I say like this is Maria Sachiko Sassiri? <laughs> okay, so I'm introducing Maria Sachiko Sassiri, one of my best friends in the world. Uh, we met now nine years ago. Yeah, nine years ago, when we were, you know, headed off to Oxford as Rhodes Scholars. They do a little kickoff weekend before you head out, and Maria was my roommate. And that was, like, so great, and we were just, like, you know, young, anxious, excitable, excited people headed off for adventures that everyone spends a year telling you about, but you don't actually have any sense of what it will be like. And um, it was definitely a time of a lot of anxiety for me. And we just had so many great conversations. When we were at Oxford, we weren't, like, super besties. We saw each other lots, and we were both involved in gender things. You ran this incredible uh, 30th anniversary of Rhodes Women event, which was very formative and, I think, really important to a lot of people. And you were totally involved. So I was, I was, but, you know, it, <laughs> but it was a great opportunity for people to connect over similar interests. And... Uh, the thing that always strikes me about Maria is she has so many diverse interests. When you first meet her, she'll be like, but at that time she was like, yeah, I study children's medieval literature. But then you realize, like, you know, she does film. She, you know, has all of these other really tremendous interests. And they're very diverse. And there are, like, snippets of things that are common among them. But it's really kind of amazing. And, you know, fast forward, she gets her DPhil. I come back to the U.S. And... We reconnected three or four years ago, and we had this, like, incredible dinner where we were talking about all the things we talk about on the show, frankly. Basically, we it was, did a podcast <laughs> It was not recorded. It was an, in Midtown at, like, Rawbug in, in Manhattan, but it was a really terrific conversation. I think at that moment, we did say, like, we have to start recording this at some point, and you'd had ex- tons of experience in, in filmmaking and, and other types of media, and I'd done a little bit of radio, so this was, like, super, super fun. So, okay, so more about Maria. It's so fun to talk about ideas with you. And we both come from different places, kind of like from different um, academic and kind of intellectual and certainly personal background perspectives. 
And it's so fun to see how the same thing can be viewed differently. And we are similar in so many ways. It's no wonder the world is filled with so much difference and complexity. Complexity, exactly. So yeah, I just love exploring that. And it's just like honestly unbelievably challenging and unbelievably fun. I love it. Okay, do you want me to introduce Naren too? Yeah, please. Okay, well I'm I'm not gonna tell you the how we met part because yeah. she already said that. Thank you. Um, but Nor- okay, Naran Naran is one of those people where you look at their C V and you panic and you say, I'll never be able to speak to this person because it's gonna be so embarrassing. Um, because this person is such an amazing, accomplished human being. I'm going to miss all of the things that she's done, but basically, in addition to being a Rhodes Scholar, getting her degree from Yale Law, and having been like 700 kinds of different fancy fellowship awardees, she's like on the board of Girl Scouts of America, she's on the American Rhodes Scholars Board, she's um, like so many things that she does. Maria, I'm dying. What is all <laughs> true, because, and, and like she's constantly being sought out by all kinds of important people, um, because she just has, like, amazing ideas and is so smart and accomplished. But then you hang out with her, and she's just absolutely mm-hmm. the most hands-down, warm, nice, interested person in the whole world. And something I think is really important when you're in academia, she's so connected to reality, <laughs> which I think is really important and, and something that I want to never lose touch with. So when we're together, I love bouncing around ideas because she's amazing with all of these you know difficult concepts but also so great and bringing them home in a way that's really important to all kinds of people and so yeah so that's that's part of Naran she's now at the Ford Foundation where she is just she was talking about what she like she just got there and so she's talking about what she's doing and it's just amazing she's gonna change the world it's so great oh my god I'm <laughs> In addition to all of this, Naran, when she said she had a little bit of radio experience, actually she had a multi-year pop culture radio show called Toxic Chatter, which was all about celebrities, so actually she has quite a bit of experience, quite a bit more than me. So, so I don't know, is this a good time to introduce you? Yeah, sure. So our team has expanded to include Olive Carrollhawk. Uh, who is a member of the Media Corps from Experimental Humanities at Bard College and also just a media goddess. And so she's here to join us and today interview us and also has been working with us on sound prep and doing some producing. Um, And so we're just really excited that In Theory is going to be expanding to include more minds and more voices. So... Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell, well, can we ask you some questions real quick? Yeah, please do. So I'd love to know where you're from and how you ended up here at Bard and what you care about. Okay. (laughs) Um, I'm from Iowa City, Iowa. And the two questions I usually get in response to that are, oh, do you know my great aunt? I I think that she lives in, names a city that's, you know, three, four, five hours away. (laughs) Nope, we don't all just inhabit a cornfield, you know, (laughs) meet up in a, for a barn party or whatever. Uh, And then also, did you live on a farm? And I I did to an extent. Um, We had pot-bellied pigs. Oh my gosh. What did you do with the pot-bellied pigs? We put them in the barn, of course. So were you raising them for food, or were you raising them for friendship? Raising them for friendship, definitely. Amazing. 
Yeah, um, and I'm a human rights major at Bard. I'm involved in human rights radio, but I also do a lot of other things. I, I'm sort of a studio art person as well. So it's enheartening to hear that you're able to sort of consolidate all of these disparate interests. I wouldn't say I consolidate them. They just kind of simultaneously <laughs> dwell in my brain and sometimes cr- crash against each other. Yeah. Wait, does this mean that literature has failed to seduce you into its clutches? Because, okay, the other thing is that Olive was in my class last year. Excellent. And was by far <laughs> one of the best students that I taught in that class. And so... I know you'll be great no matter where you go, but there is a part of my heart that's that's sad that you we won't get to have you. <laughs> or that literature won't have you. Yeah, like broadly. That's right, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Anything else you want to add about yourself or your dream job? Oh, man. Good question. <laughs> that's my favorite thing to ask people because I'm like, what's the end game here? <laughs> Secretary well, of State. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much better than what do you want to be when you grow up because oh, it's right. like well I grow up is that a possibility wait well first what's your yes. what's your dream job my dream job is maybe to be a, a radio journalist oh my god does this mean we can send you out into the field and do journalistic I know. specials for us yeah that was a high five ladies I and gentlemen working on in theory affected your friendship made it better huge (laughs) obviously we talk a lot more now and we also were before we would kind of take an idea and like run through it and then move on yeah now we kind of have to take time to go even more deeply into what we think about an idea and talk about all the stories around it from our own lives and what's happening in the news so we just really get to know each other in terms of both our histories and also what we think and feel about something. It's really been tremendous for me personally because I miss school. I miss like an intellectual environment and I almost think that because there's like no grades and no classes involved that it's truly uh, exploration, intellectual exploration for its own sake and it's really contributed to like me seeing the world differently and kind of sharpening my thinking tools. So kind of on that level, it's been tremendous for me. For our friendship, it's been amazing just because of the touch points and because, you know, we connect about life stuff, but also about ideas. And so much of the news today has so many connections to what we care about that, like, every time something pops up, it's like, oh, my God, what do we do about this? Like, what do you think about this? Oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. So I think that's, it's amazing. It's really great to have um, all different kinds of friends, and it's certainly wonderful to have friends with whom you can share this part of your thinking, too, and your development. Agreed. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is a good time if you guys are willing to reveal your secrets. Do you want to talk a little bit about the way you come up with ideas and how you really produce the, uh, the end product of an episode? Yes, we'd love to. Go for it. Great. Okay. So, you know, we've kind of been refining this process. You know, the first season was very much a pilot um, in some senses. And so we were kind of figuring out what we like and what we don't like and, uh, and what works best for us. So ideas come up organically and we will kind of over the course of time collect them. And they either come from like an event that happens and we start to think about the theories that are associated with the event or 
this theory is really interesting, you know, usually Maria, because she's so steeped in the world of academia in this, like, incredibly inspiring way. Uh, she, you know, she, she has all these, like, things in her toolkit that she can draw on. So, like, she raises things that are important that she's just read. And we kind of bring them together and talk about, like, hey, what resonates? I think we've really been thinking through what do we bring and what can we have uh, perspective on because of who we are. Yeah, because, I, I mean, I think that there's a lot of podcasts now where people are chatting about current events or just catching up with each other, and many of them are really interesting and, and enjoyable. And we love them. And we love yeah. them. So we want to take some of that kind of energy, but we also um, both love um, more evergreen-type podcasts where you can you don't have to have listened to it like that week to be for it to be relevant. Um, and so we wanted something that would be applicable um, kind of as time goes by. So a combination of us, our personalities, our unique perspectives and knowledge, and then also um, a way of understanding the world that doesn't change dramatically over a like, kind of several year period of time. Yep. Um, and so that's kind of how we're picking out what we want to talk about and then informs the way we talk about them. So we, want it, we don't want it to be like the same as going to a lecture. We want to feel like hanging out with some of your friends from college or yep. um, if you haven't been to college yet, hanging out with friends from college in the way you hope it will be, yeah. um, that kind of thing. I don't know, does it sound at all like hanging out with friends from college? Um, the, <laughs> best, the best kind of friendships, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> the nerdiest ones. That's us. We are your yeah. nerdy friends in college. <laughs> it's, it's, a true t- it's a true team effort. So yeah, that's kind of how it works. And beginning to end, like it, it could be like a week. It could be longer. Sometimes when we're on a deadline, it could be two wild days. Yeah, real, real intense days. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's been different things. And like we said, this first season was us figuring out our voice. And now every time I consume any kind of media, I'm like, I have such an appreciation for literally, I know now the teams and teams of people that are working on it. We often only think of the the personality, right? And then you're like, wow, there are all these people who devote hours to this. And it's not a simple process. But so far, this hasn't been a team endeavor. It's just been the two of you, right? How has that been, sort of distributing all the jobs? Uh, Busy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is that we both have our own full-time jobs. And so, I mean, we were calculating how many hours it probably takes to do each episode. And I think we came up with... 20. 20? 20 hours for 20 20 minutes. for 20 minutes. Which, I mean, sounds completely insane, but if you think about all the reading, all the prepping, then the actual recording, and then the editing, it all actually comes down to... Coming up with the syllabus, or, you know, the links that go along with it, like, and formatting everything correctly. Like, Mm. if for some reason... I wish... I wish that I wasn't a perfectionist. Life would be so much easier. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) But then we would have inferior product. True fact. We're kind of like a full circle now. Our first episodes were recorded in December of 2014. Yeah. And they didn't air until June of 2015. So we had like six months where we were just like, how are we going to distribute this? Like, what's going on? Being perfectionists. And then we had a deadline that kind of, uh, you know. With Human Rights Radio. Yeah. Like, really led us to turn over in like one day. (laughs) What we had been sitting on for six months. Literally. Yeah. (laughs) So nothing like a deadline to get you going. Yeah. What was that day like? (laughs) <laughs> I was okay I was with Gabriel at a work retreat where he was doing work and I was sitting like on the deck looking at the beautiful lake and I was like oh this is so nice finally a chance to relax and then I get this message from Danielle who runs Human Rights Radio saying hey I'm gonna air this thing today and we were like 
And oh so, and, and I was driving to Boston that same morning. Like, I was like, Sabeel, can we, like, take it? Can we, like, leave an hour later? And we we're like, let's put up the website. Literally, like, literally, we put up the website at that time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so, it was just, like, frantically doing things. Um, I, I remember we were, yeah, I was supposed to, like, go sit, like, out on the lake. And I was like, I'm just going to pop to the room for one second. I'll be right back. And just, like, disappeared into my computer. So... Yeah, it was it was crazy, but we'd actually done a lot of it before, and I think we hadn't realized just how much of it actually had been done. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, since it was the first airing of any of our podcasts, um, but it was on live radio, and so we wanted to promote that, but also it didn't mean that we had to kind of have everything a, a, the big launch yeah. that moment. Yeah, so, yeah, mm-hmm. but it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel like that's one thing that both of us are good at is discovering that there's something important to do right now and then like, okay, we're doing it right now and then it's done. Get on it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds very intense. Dying to hear more? You're in luck! It's the final countdown to season two, and we're bringing you back-to-back installments of this interview. Next week, we'll be releasing part two, where we'll tackle growing up in flyover states, our hopes for next season, and the American dream. So stay in touch! Visit the website at intheory.us and subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an update.